Welcome to the Entrepreneur Academy with your hosts, Nick Dutton of Engage Finance and James Cross from Crossover Property on this episode of the Entrepreneur Academy. They've done a virtual viewing of the inside of the property, but they haven't shown you the garden that's got knotweed in it. As they, they pad the phone around the room and there's damp in the corner, they're like, oh, the signals just cut out for that bit. But now, here are your hosts, Nick and James. Welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Academy with both myself and Jim. Hello everyone, hope you're all well. I thought we'd just take this time to do a bit of an update video about what we've noticed over the last couple of weeks with uh, the coronavirus. We obviously did one pretty much when it just hit, I think, wasn't it? That, that time's flown by and obviously things have changed and we're coming out a bit, a bit now. It seems to be heading in the right direction anyway. I thought we'd sort of give a view, you know, we're both business owners, we're both in the similar sector, but obviously do very different things. Um, so it'd be quite interesting to see how different this is compared to the first one. But um, like you say, it seems to be heading in the right direction a bit now. And I've, I've definitely noticed that the market seems a lot more buoyant over the last week or so. I don't know if you've seen the same thing. Yeah, I think things are getting busy now, definitely. We've noticed that a couple of clients have been lost out on deals where they've gone sort of 20, 25 grand over market value and you just think, wow, okay, this, this, that's how it was before COVID. You know, you go and view a property to flip and you view them with 40 other people. I think it's a little bit of the fact that because things have kind of been on, on standstill the past few months, that everyone's come out of woodwork and wanted to sell stuff. I, th- I think give it a few more months and that, that kind of will, will fade away a little bit and then it'll start struggling a bit. Do you think so? Yeah, I, I think it will. Um, I mean, give it sort of December, January time, things might dip in, in certain areas. So would that put you off and obviously talking to your clients who want to do flips and things? I think it's something to be uh, be wary of, and you know, it depends on the area. I mean, we were speaking uh, obviously about a specific deal before this on a particular area that is strong, and I think that the demand is going to be there no matter what. But in areas that aren't the the best, or you know, haven't got a huge demand for people to live in them, um, then yeah, it may definitely well have an effect on if your deal's tight in the first place. It's only going to get tighter. We were we were looking at a flip just before this, weren't we? That we were going to do. Uh, yeah. And we decided, obviously, that wasn't the right time. So, but I think, like you say, we won't go into too much detail about the one we're looking at. But I think, like you say, the the market varies massively on where it's located, what type of property it is. Again, sort of touching on what you put a post on Facebook, which we just spoke about. But it's good to actually get on on the podcast about the commercial demand in the area. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I was I was walking through the uh, the streets of Nottingham and just seeing how many shops there are that are up for let and there's you know ones that have been boarded up and just how quiet it is um obviously the retail sector was struggling um anyway but obviously due to the coronavirus it's just completely dead and quiet um you know there's a few things that are open but not a lot when you think about the businesses that have been affected over the last like 100 days or something isn't it 99 days i think it's 100 days tomorrow when you think about the what's been affected and now that they are allowed to open they're probably trading at sort of 50% of where they were before because they're only allowed to have a certain amount of people in the shops they're only allowed to have this two meter rule and blah 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 but it's just I think I suspect it's only going to get worse over the next few weeks as the furlough because the furlough scheme comes to an end soon as well doesn't it we have to get something submitted in for July um, but yeah, I mean, even though the shops are running at lower capacity, people might be out of job. And I think initially it was like, you know, 
people are on 80% salary and they've got nothing else to do. So they're like, bye, bye, bye. And now they're thinking, right, okay, furlough's coming to an end. I'm not being paid to sit at home and do nothing. Maybe I should start to keep some money aside a bit here. Well, they're, they're not buying anything. How has it worked with your, with your team? Yeah, they're really good, to be honest. I mean, um, we're, we're actually probably the opposite to some sectors where we are extremely busy. And we're, we're, well, we've just got one person I'm just hiring um, who's been just waiting for his start date, so she might be starting next week, I think. Okay. Um, and then we're hiring another person as well, so we're actually hiring, which is nice. So we're, we're definitely busy and growing. We are quite, um, um, we're quite fortunate. The ones we do have sort of work on a, it's more like a self-employed basis rather than we're employing them. So it's slightly different. Yeah. Touching back on, you know, obviously what you do, a lot of people have put on about refurbs being a lot harder now. Is that something you found with getting the A, get, overcoming the health and safety, overcoming getting natural the equipment you need yeah i think over the last three months it was almost kind of knew something was going to happen in terms of a lockdown and it, we basically had to go right we shut down all the sites and we're not working i think we had three weeks where we weren't on sites at all um the first issue is some people just didn't want to work in terms of contractors for health and safety reasons um on the other end of the spectrum we had some contractors who were calling us up saying oh can i work or oh, i need the money i want to work um which is fair enough and then we you can't have six people in a property you, you've got to drop it down to one person or, or two people max from yeah. different floor um so that reduces your productivity for starters um which puts, which puts delays on the project and then the the other big big issue we've had is material supply um so whereby you can go and get things you know straight away or you can get them delivered the next day um things like wood and timber was a nightmare you had to ring around wood yards and trying to wait and collect stuff and that was you know things like door frames and stuff we we're waiting we, we really had to what might have been a quick five minute job to order it was uh, a morning's worth of faffing around trying to find the materials um you know, windows, we're still waiting on windows we ordered two months because their window factories are have been, have been shut down. They're now open again, but they have staff and furlough, so they're not working to full capacity. And every other person who's got orders for windows wants them tomorrow as well. Didn't like the price of plaster go through the roof? The price of plaster? Yeah, was it plaster? Yeah, that's a, that's a whole... I mean, I wish I invested in plaster before this. Screw buying gold or silver and then buy plaster. Um, but yeah, like, I think I know what the issue was with, with it with, because basically the production stopped at British Gypsum and because it all stopped, all their stockpile went completely off and they couldn't sell it because it wasn't bagged in time. Um, of course, they have a massive backlog. Um, people who have skin were selling it at like 20, 30, 40 quid a bag, so which is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I think because we buy it, I won't say exactly the price we buy because we do get a good price for it, but um, we pay well under £10 a bag. We're now on a backup. We still haven't been able to get um, any skin. We're, we, we are waiting 200 bags on delivery and we are now on standstill on three projects because we can't get it delivered. I know like places like your B&Q and stuff like that, you can go and collect it. So you can go wait in the queue and you're allowed five bags which is fine, but we are on three big projects where we need probably 200 bags between them. So, and it's, it's that whole thing of 
you can go and send 10 people out to go and wait in queues for you on a daily basis and then you pay more as well for the actual skin. Yeah, well, I can imagine they add a premium price onto it. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course they do. <laughs> and then I've seen, uh, I've seen people who've, uh, who've brought some dodgy Polish plaster that's sort of appeared out of nowhere. Right. Uh, people, are trying to sell, people are selling that in a minute um, because obviously you can't buy the traditional British ships and stuff. And it's absolutely shocking, apparently. Even little things like that have such a knock-on effect when you think about it, because you know, they've got bridging finance in place. It's, you know, add an extra month on there, and it's quite a bit of interest cost. Yeah, it is, totally. Um, it, it's a difficult... I mean, luckily, clients we've got have been quite understanding for the fact that... Because we have contracts and timeframes we've got to hit, um, and we've got penalty delays, but this is out of our control. It's... it's it just is what it is. So we have to kind of put in a, a contingency period. So that's the coronavirus delay. We can't do anything about that. Um, and luckily, every client we work with is very good collaborative approach to try and get it done as quick and as quality as possible. Um, only one of them is on, on bridging with development finance. But if, again, that's just something they're going to have to suck up as part of property investment no one can see this coming has it affected your own projects or anything yeah i've got i've got uh, one i'm doing at the minute is it stands still we just wait faster to arrive it's all things like that you know that doesn't get taught on a training course no no for you as well as me you know sometimes that face-to-face element has that trust and i've found taking on new clients and, and doing it over zoom it's, it's it's been a lot harder to sort of win the client than it is doing a face-to-face meeting i don't know how you found it yeah i mean i've done a, I, I did i did do a fair amount of zooms anyway uh, before because i work with a lot of clients who don't necessarily live locally or who yeah. make international investors yeah um however it's 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 best in the phone call but it's never the same as, as properly being face-to-face um you just can't beat it like anyone says um I mean, I have met uh, a couple of clients who've come up during lockdown or I'm being at the property with them and socially distanced appropriately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kept the teams away, which because we've just had to, we either had to talk through a project or um, one client who, who wanted to start to and they needed them urgently and it was works that we could actually do at the time. Uh, we agreed to do them to keep A, our guys working and we could pay our guys and B, we could buy the materials we needed for that project. So it's one of those, we're not going to turn work, work down and to be sensible about how we do it. It comes down to individuals and, and just being mature about it, doesn't it, at the end of the day? If you're going to take the yeah. for a lockdown and do stuff, you know, then you, you know, you're probably in the wrong. But there's a balance between, yes, the health and obviously it's a, a horrible thing, but also you've got a business to maintain and... and to put on the table so to speak and for you yeah. for me really when you've got team around you you know it, it all falls down on you doesn't it it's down to you to get the business in it's down to you to allow it to go ahead and things like that so um and there's not, not been a massive amount of support available to business owners obviously there has been some but for a lot of people it's been quite comfortable you know take a 20 percent hit on their salary but stay at home and not have to worry about anything Whereas yeah. us, it's like, well, sorry, but crack on. <laughs> we also got people we directly employ who would get paid no matter what anyway, but we also have various subcontractors who, who pretty much work for us most of the time anyway, 
So you almost feel a bit of responsibility that you, you, they know they've got work coming up for the next couple of weeks. If that work stopped, they can't get paid, they can't pay the bills. And unfortunately, a fair amount of them live very much hand to mouth on a weekly basis. So if they can't work, they can't earn the money, they can't live, which is a horrible position to be in. Uh, we've just been trying to keep everyone busy and keep wheels turning as best we can. Down to us as the business owners. You know, you've still got your office to pay for. You've still got your salary to think about. You know, um, general business expenses. You know, they all they all add up. And if you've not got the income in to support that, yeah. As much as the furlough scheme is good for your employees, you know, if you haven't got a business to have employees, then the furlough scheme is irrelevant. I still think there was a a little bit missing for some niche kind of probably the businesses we've got where. You kind of you own a company, you own your own director, and you're almost an you're an entrepreneur basically, and you you, yeah, yeah. you don't have a lot available because you kind of fall in the gap. Yeah. Um, which is the problem is a lot of business owners um, throughout time have always played it in a way of, of avoiding tax, which yeah. you know as much as you know we structure our finances and you probably do the same to allow us to. To avoid heavy taxes, but at the same time, you know, it's it's one of the perks of having your own business. But there's a lot of disadvantages as well. Have you seen, obviously, with all these these government finance finances, like things like the bounce back loan that's come out, and people getting more money that they may not have had before? How you find on the finance side with you know property funding? It's made it a lot more difficult and it's mean, it means there's a lot more hoops now for people to jump through that probably wasn't necessarily highlighted at the start because the government announced obviously mortgage holidays which is the biggest thing um, and for a lot of people it's like well it's on offer I'm going to take it you know the government's almost encouraging you to take it you see on Facebook people going should I take it and they're like well yeah they're offering it to you take it do it do it do it but actually, when you think about the underlying part of that is you're taking it because you're, it shows yourself that you're in financial difficulty. Yeah, yeah. And now lenders are saying, well, sorry, but you're in financial difficulty. Should I be lending to you in the first place? Yeah. And it's, it's, that's, that's, we're seeing a lot of declines at the moment from that. Okay. A lot of them are saying... They want to have seen the payment holiday stopped and at least three pay, three mortgage payments before they will lend on it. Yeah, okay. From a, from a lending point of view, I do get, because at the end of the day, they're, they're lending money to you. Yes, their money is secured against a property, but A, property is, is you know, it is safe, but at, at the moment in time, there is still a lot of risk around property. It could drop in price, the demand could go and therefore they're relying on you as an individual to pay it. And if over the last three months you've not paid a single mortgage payment because you're in financial difficulty or in the holiday, then you know, it's just warning signs for them. And I do get that. Um, that's, that's one of the big things we see. And the other one, again, is bounce back loans. Um, you know, lenders haven't got a problem with businesses applying for bounce back loans. But where I see there's a couple of grey areas. Well, one's not grey. It's you cannot use a bounce back loan as a deposit for a mortgage because yeah. 
they'll be all over it. They'll know where it's come from and they'll want to see proof of where the funds have come from as, the, as they did before all this. And the second grey area is whether property businesses should have applied for bounce back loan in the first place because there was always a bit of criteria about it being a trading business. But if you've got a yeah. property business, it's, it's an SBV usually, not rather than a trading business. It's like, well, because they were self-certified loans, you could pretty much put whatever you wanted to in the, in the application form and get the money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I worry there's going to be a lot of backlash from that because A, you know, the grey area around property, B, it was something like you could apply for half, was it, of the turnover or quarterly turnover or something? Yeah, quarterly turnover. Yeah, and I know for a fact people haven't been. They've been applying for the full 50k on every business. Going back on what you've said about the government coming back and finding a way of getting that money back, they're going to have to do the same thing on these. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of people defaulting on those loans. Um, obviously, they're backed by the government, but it's still the banks that are lending them. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think there'll necessarily be defaults on them. I think um, the, risks, the risks lie in they're going to hunt down the businesses that have applied wrongly. Yeah, it'll be all over that. And the second thing is, I've heard, you know, and I've seen it on Facebook, people openly saying, "Oh, you can apply for it and then just dissolve the company, and then you'd have to pay it back." Yeah, which is mental. And you're thinking, well, a, why the hell are you writing that on Facebook? Because it's just you're just basically saying, "Oh yeah, I'm going to do this," and shouting about it all over the internet. Jesus, yeah, okay. And secondly, I've always been a big, big believer that stuff will come back to bite you in the arse. Very true. The government did a lot to help, which for business owners, that was one of the things to help, which admittedly wasn't an awful lot of help because it's still a loan at the end of the day. You still have to pay it back. But um, it's there to help you ride it out, and that's what it should be used for. And uh, it takes... It takes the minority of people to use it in the wrong way and it affects everybody. That's the problem. It's for, for people like yourself, me, for, you know, obviously, you, you know, I don't know if you've applied for one, but it's, it's to help support your staff if you need, you know, the, that extra 20% if you think you've got to pay. Something like my, um, my construction business where, you know, I'll be honest, we did have a small one, but that was to help because we have project stuff. So we needed a bit yeah. of extra cash to pay our staff. It's the people like, like, like we mentioned um, before we started about someone who's, who might have got six or seven bounce back loans across different companies yeah. and they think they've got, you know, 300 grand to go and invest in property. And that's, that's the issue is, is those kind of people. But I mean, surely the government will find that this one director has got six of these loans out and yeah. they'll investigate it. At the end of the day, if, if you've got a, a business, you know, I'll be honest, we applied for about 10 grand, I think. Just to keep yeah. the background, it's a safety net. If we need it, we need it. You know, yeah. if, 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 if they see that a business is applied to 10 grand and they're doing a decent amount of turnover, then they're not the ones that are going to flag up. It's the ones yeah. of, like you say, have got seven businesses and they've applied for the full 50 grand on all seven. Then you, you basically have just gone up to the wasp's nest and shaken it. Yeah. <laughs> it made the Sunday Times as well, didn't it, that story? Oh, it did, yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah, which is which is crazy. Once you've been exposed like that, they'll be down on you. Another thing I've, I was going to touch on, it, and irrelevant of that subject, but it's down to business reputation as well. 
because I've spoken to you about it, you know, when we just chatted, but I, I personally didn't furlough myself because I wanted the, the business to keep up an image that we were still strong. Yeah. Yeah. To say, you know, I know you've been busy throughout it all. So, but right at the start, I think you mentioned that you might consider furloughing yourself if, if business didn't pick up and things like that. But I looked at it and I think there's, there's two things about it. One is like you say, it's like, I don't really want to further myself because I don't, I don't really want my business to be shown like that. I mean, we're still making money. And I think the other thing is, because of the way I'm structured as well and the, the little amount you take as a salary, the, the actual furlough pay really wasn't a yeah. huge amount. It was arguable whether it was worth it. I think a lot uh, of employed people, you know, earn £719 a month, is it, to be under the bracket? Yeah. Which is one of the benefits of being your own, you know, being a director, you've got that benefit. But when it yeah. comes to things like this, and I know a lot of people I've spoke to have been like, well, you know, you're dodging tax to do this, so you've penalised and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, it's not, because it's just the way that the government allows you to structure it. But when you look at the furlough pay being, what, 500 quid, I think it was, of that, you kind yeah. of, is £500 a month extra income coming in worth the potential loss of business reputation? Probably not. Yeah, and, and then you've got the other thing as well, that technically you're not allowed to work, but I, I know that anything I do at the minute, I, I, I wouldn't be able to just literally turn my phone off and say, I'm not working, sorry. No, no. Because I've got stuff to be doing all the time across yeah. different businesses. I couldn't have really the added benefit that I've got a business partner that I could send that to. Yeah, true, yeah. So, we, you know, we had enough business probably for one of us to be working. It, again, it was that balance of, A, is the income going to be earned from it worth a few clients emailing my email address and getting them out of office to say I'm on furlough? Yeah. Probably not. Both you and I have worked so hard over the last couple of years to build up a good trusted business, a, a, a business that's got a good reputation. You're seen as struggling. It's, it's probably not the best of us to give off. Yeah. It touched on auctions. We've, auctions being quite a big part of your business before all this, obviously face-to-face -face ones. And we've talked about auctions on, on a previous podcast, that one where you were going to buy the um, old care home and the legal pack being a potential issue. But now that they've gone online, something to touch on there is, are those things less obvious? You know, the legal packs, or has it made it easier? It's a weird one because we, I mean, I've, I've been on, online to two online auctions in lockdown. And the first one we went into, I went to have a look at it just from a more of an interesting point of view. Um, just to see what the market was like. And it was absolutely ridiculous. Properties were selling like, I mean, I know guide prices are low anyway because they have to be, but they were just selling well, well over the guide prices. I mean, some properties were just ridiculous how much they were selling for. And then the, the last one I went to was probably about three or four weeks ago. And actually, well, I was actually going to go and bid on a property where we were prepared to pay, I think, 350 to 400 on it. Okay. And it sold for 620. I, I, it just gobsmacked me. I was like, well, either I've missed something so blatantly obvious, like a, a pot of gold buried in the garden or something, or someone's just silly and hasn't done the numbers properly. It was quite shocking, really. But um, yeah, I mean, some of these auctions, they, they cater a lot together. They had maybe 100 lots in there. So they were just, yeah, I mean, it was almost an all day event to go to that auction or to listen to it all. I mean, some of them have virtual viewings and photographs that we can go off. So a lot of it was, this is what I thought would put people off. I mean, this particular property I was bidding on, I viewed it about six months ago. So I already knew what it was like inside. Um, 
But uh, yeah, and I, I thought, well, people aren't going to be buying because they haven't seen the property. They're going to be nervous about the market. It's going to be quiet. But it was completely the opposite. I, I think there's two things at play. I think one of them is everyone's at home, yeah. you know, being able to think about stuff more and actually think about stuff they want to go and buy. Yeah. And like we were speaking before, I, I think people have got extra money from, you know, furlough, bounce back loans, whatever it is, and they want to spend it. I know you shouldn't be doing it, but I, I think there's just there's a bit of money flowing around that people have got hold of from the government and oh, they're yeah. going to spend it. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's definitely going on. I, I, I must admit that I thought these auctions would be dead. I've not been on one, but I, I thought they might be dead. Um, because the main point is because you can't view them, like you say, but yeah. you know, they're bad stuff on a virtual tour, surely. Yeah, I mean, virtual tours are nice and all, but... You know, there's that old saying, never buy a property unless you're physically being around it. Because you don't know. I mean, like a simple example could be, they've done a virtual viewing of the inside of the property, but they haven't shown you the garden that's got knotweed in it. If they see that in the back, they're not going to show you, or they're not going to show you a giant crack in the back of the property wall. Uh, <laughs> as they, they pad the phone around the room and there's damp in the corner, like, oh, the signal's just cut out for that bit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're just, uh, yeah, just showing you the good bits. And aren't the costs involved with these online auctions like TAF as well, aren't they? Well, I think the ones I've looked at were the SDL ones, and SDL always stick on a load of fees, always. Um, I mean, it depends on what, what, what's in the documents, but it can be, you know, they pay extra four, five, six grand, maybe more. Um, you, and again, that, that's what, I mean, something selling at 620, that would have had maybe 10 grand a fee, maybe more. I don't think auctions are what they used to be. There was always that risk because, you know, a lot of people went in blind and a lot of people had that psychological uh, impact in the fact that we've all been there, someone's bidded higher than you and you think, okay, I'll just go another five grand or I'll just go another ten grand. So there was always that. And it probably becomes, I don't know if that, that goes when you're online or whether it's more so because it's easier just to click a button than it is to put a paddle up or, I don't know. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. You just, I think because you're watching a video of the, of the auctioneer, so you, you kind of hear him talking through it as you normally would in an auction. Yeah. And he, so he still gets, there isn't a room to be getting going, but he does get the audience going. Yeah. And I think, I think because it's online, more people attend the auction as well, rather than people turning up to an auction. Right, okay. Um, obviously, obviously you could always you could always register as a phone bidder before but I think being able to just anyone be able to log on and see it videoed and, and live streamed that people could get on it and get excited and yeah there's there's a bit of everything but I mean pro auctions at the minute are great for selling property if you've got a pro you know a property that's that's going to suit selling an auction and flipping an auction great but buying an auction is very tricky I've never, still, still never managed to actually be able to buy with an auction. Before all of this happened, it was, it got to a point where if you had, if you had a house that was in decent condition, you're better off walking around, destroying the place, and then selling it, because everyone wanted to do a refurb, and people were paying stupid money for them. I know people who, who bought property that was, that was run down, but it didn't look run down. They, they, they went in, stripped all the carpet out you know, got all the wallpaper off maybe and, and knocked it about a bit and then they, they flipped it in auction. It might make 10, 15, 20 grand, but if you do that enough times, then... The whole strategy, isn't it? It's over. I mean, we looked at, we looked at buying a few for a flip before this kicked off and 
you know, you do the numbers and you're like, okay, it's tight, but I might make 15, 20 grand on this one, which is makes it just about worth it. But yeah. you know, this is the maximum I can offer. You know, people are asking above asking price. And you just think, yeah. you know, it's, it's and, I, and I, I do honestly think it will get back to that quite quickly. I, I don't, I, I see it going back to normal quite quickly, if I'm honest. Now. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot, you know, a lot, a lot of people saying, you know, business is shot. A lot of businesses are, are really ruined. They're not going to be able to stay open and whatnot. And I just think, I don't know. I just when you when you look at, you know, you look at the high street now and retail. You know, people are queuing up to get in because they're not been able to do anything for the last twelve weeks. And I think I think demand will soon go back to normal. I, I'm the opposite. I'm avoiding any shops whatsoever because I've yeah. been like shopping. Oh, yeah, yeah. Q now is my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I must admit, I needed to to Sainsbury's the other day. I pulled up in the car park, and the queue was massive. I was like, I can't be asked for this. Yeah, I've done that as well. I've done that. It's just, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird world we're now in. But uh, yeah, I think everything is just slower from what I'm seeing. Yeah, There's nothing it. happening quickly. It's all yeah. slower. There's going to be certain sectors that have thrived during all this. I suppose even my construction businesses, I mean, we were busy before, but it's, it's almost we've, it's, if I'm honest, it's screwed up a lot of our schedule of, of projects we've got because ones that should be completed by now haven't been completed and we've got new ones starting. Um, so it's just juggling it all around. And you've got people who've got out of lockdown or we're sort of out of lockdown now and they're, they're saying, well, I want, I want this done, I want that done. Can you start tomorrow? And I'm like, well, no, because we're, we're chocolate. And then it's, you know, I've had it this morning where we, we need to get a carpet fitter in. I ran my usual guy. He said he's fully booked until the middle of August. Really? Uh, and that's that's almost two months away. I'm like, um, can you not squeeze me in anyway? He's like, no, I'm working seven days a week until August. I honestly don't think the demand's gone for this. You know, a lot of my investors that I've, you know, I've worked with and done the funding for, they're like, oh, I'm just going to sit back and wait. And I'm like, well, I don't know if it's the right thing to be doing. I'm wondering... If it's just as good a time to buy as any other time. Yeah, if you sit back and wait, then, you know, before you know it, six months has gone down the line, 12 months has gone down the line, you could have already got in and out of a project like that. As long as you've got a plan B, then you're fine. You know, we're, we're looking at doing a project together now, which the, the overall end goal would be great to be able to sell. But it also works just about if we have to keep it and remortgage it. And that's what you've got to, that's what people have got to look at, isn't it? It's, it is there a, is there multiple exits in place? Yes or no? Does it work? Yeah. Sell it for ten grand less just to get rid of it quick? Yeah, it still works. Then you know, they're the sort of things that need, need to be thinking about now more than oh okay, you know, it might not sell as quickly or you know. At the end of the day, if 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 a deal relies on a, a property selling for exactly what you think it should sell for with no wiggle room and if it goes for five grand less, it's going to kill a deal. It's not the right deal to be doing anyway, any time of the year. <laughs> so you've got to find the right deals. Have you found finding deals now harder than before? I seem to be doing a lot more with sort of commercial style agents and um, there's, a, there's a couple of things we've, we've had in the pipeline where I think there's a lot of there's a lot of property out there now for sale and a lot of potential good deals, but the problem is um, people get back to you quick enough. It's the same thing. People have been waiting to sell the house or sell the property, whatever it is, 
they've all come out of the woodwork, so there's a lot of stock available. Um, but the estate agents have been slow, but they're all starting to pick up again now. It, it, yeah, it's busy. It's busy. There is stuff out there for sure, but it depends on what it is because some, some things you might look at it and it just gets sold and snapped up. My view on it all is it's, it's probably helped a lot of people because before, before all of this, there was, there was a lot of people in the property sector that had probably done a little bit of training and were almost clogging up and giving a bad reputation for property investors to agents. Because they'd go in, yeah. yeah, I want to find this, I want to do this, and I'm going to source it on and whatever, but not actually have someone to source it on to because they've only been doing it for a week. And, and now it's sort of, it's, it's put those out of business and those that have got a good, strong business with good reputation and good contacts are the ones that are going to survive it. I've seen a few people, you know, on social media and people I know that have, pivoted as soon as the coronavirus came they probably waited a month and they, they pivoted to do something else which is fine but it also makes you think how strong was their business before they came into this i mean both of us have, have stuck through it i mean i'm, I'm property through and through and you know, I've, I've got enough there to carry me through and i think that's where it's probably a, a positive for, for the good businesses that are out there one thing I have noticed actually with agents, uh, especially one really good agent we, we've worked with, we've brought three properties through now. Yeah. Um, and we have got a good relationship with them, but they're even being like this that we want, there's a property we're really interested in. Um, they are taking viewings, but they, they said they will not take a viewing on it unless we want to buy it. And I said, well, we can't buy it unless we viewed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I yeah, it's a, I mean, they know, they know we're probably sourcing on to one of our investors because uh, we, we, we've done that with other people. And I think what they wanted was if we've got someone who's going to buy it, they want to know who that person is and they can, they can basically know they're going to get a sale from it, um, which is fine. But there's also estate agents who are asking for proof of funds and stuff before they, they get you a viewing. Um, which I kind of I kind of like in one respect because it stops people just viewing properties for the sake of viewing them and not actually doing anything with it, yeah. especially with all these kind of people who were sourcing and you know trying to source. But for us, it, it kind of scuppers us a little bit because you know it might be well one I might buy myself or one I might buy from an investor and we don't quite know until we viewed it. There's all these factors at play, um, and they kind of create a barrier before you can go and view it. I suppose for them, they might have to take stuff stuff off furlough to actually cover the viewings. Yeah, yeah. And there's probably a lot of faff that goes involved with putting them back on furlough. If if you know if they do ten viewings and they have to take someone off, and then suddenly, you know, out of all those ten, no one was actually that interested for them. It's it's a lot of hassle. So I, I did kind of get that as well, I suppose. Well, hopefully this, uh, it's been good to, to give an update and, uh, you know, it's still very uncertain times as to what, you know, none, neither of us have a crystal ball, but hopefully in another month or so when we're doing another update video, it will be completely different again, we hope. Um, yeah, absolutely. I might actually be able to do a face-to-face -face one soon. <laughs> might be, yeah, yeah, definitely. Rather than on Zoom. I'll get a Perspex screen ready. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hazmat suits out and masks and all sorts. It's been uh, good to catch up and uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode and hopefully the next one will be a lot more positive with some with, uh, with more updates. So stay safe everyone and uh, 
Catch you later. All the best. This is the Entrepreneur Academy. If you have a question, use the hashtag the Entrepreneur Academy.